Our second scripture for today is from the second chapter of John, verses 1 through 12. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they remained there a few days. Here ends a reading for the scriptures for today, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, maybe you've had this experience. I've had it happen more than once. I'm hungry in the morning, ready for a good breakfast, a big bowl of cereal. So I put the, the cereal in the bowl, and I grab a spoon, I uh, reach in the refrigerator uh, to put the milk in the bowl, and lo and behold, I have like half as much milk as I want to put in the cereal. I don't like that. It's not a good thing to not have enough milk for your cereal when you're hungry in the morning, is it? Well, probably all of us here, maybe not all of us, but most of us probably have had the experience of running out of gas on the highway. I remember so well, like it happened yesterday, it was the, the day before Christmas. I was a, just got my driver's license and I was, I, my mother was in the car with me and we were leaving a, a shopping mall there in Pennsylvania and we were in the left turn lane to get out on the main highway and my car stalled. Well, I started trying to crank the thing up Cranked that, kept cranking the thing to get it started again. And then I finally realized, I finally looked at the, uh, the gasoline meter and realized there's no gasoline in the tank. <laughs> Fortunately, my, my, one of my, my brother-in-law came by, Steve, and uh, he uh, went and got some gasoline. We put the gasoline in the tank. But what had happened is I'd cranked on the car so long that the battery was pretty well dead. So a good Samaritan came along 
with jumper cables and try to help us get the car started, but no, no, no way. Well, when my dad finally arrived on the scene, we stared at each other and we decided we're going to have to have the thing towed to a car dealership nearby and we finally got it there and finally got the thing back on the road. But I learned a big lesson as a brand new driver. Keep gas in your tank. Well, in Jesus' day, running out of wine at a Jewish wedding feast, not a good thing. In fact, it was a catastrophe. I mean, it's better to run out of food than to run out of wine at such an event. And so, Jesus did his first miracle, the first sign of his being the Messiah. He turned water into wine. He turned a lot of water, gallons of water, into wine. So everyone at the feast was happy with uh, this wine that they were served near the end of the feast. But they didn't know, most of them didn't know, only the servants knew what had happened. They didn't know what Jesus had done. They were thanking the bridegroom, thanking him for saving the best wine for the conclusion of the feast instead of serving it at the beginning of the feast. Now, there was a reason why the six water jars were filled to the brim. Did you notice that? It says that the servants filled the jars to the brim. There is a reason for that. Because, you see, Jesus talked to the water. Jesus talked to the water. He asked the water, Do you know who I am? And the water replied, Well, yes, you're the creator. Yes, I am. I am the Son part of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Creation Corporation. Now, I know I created you H2O, but right now, I'm going to recreate you into something far more satisfying, far richer than H2O. You see, Jesus had the power, has the power to change the condition, the nature, the quality, even the quantity of his creation. Remember when he was out on the Sea of Galilee and this horrific storm came and some of these men who were fishermen, Peter and James and John, they thought it was over. They thought they were going to lose, they were going to drown. They turned to Jesus. And what did Jesus say to, say to the storm? Peace, be still. Peace, be still. The large waves, the wind, the rain, just in a moment's time, died down. When Jesus wanted to feed thousands of people with just a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish, what did he do? He multiplied the quantity that he had on hand. He caused the blind to see. He caused the deaf to hear. He caused those who had clumsy tongues to be able to speak again. But you know, his greatest transformations did not have to do with our bodies. Jesus' greatest transformations 
have to do with our minds and our hearts. That's what Jesus wants to change the most. Our hearts and our minds. The Apostle Paul said, If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Now Paul knew what he was talking about here. Because he had been changed from a man who despised Jesus. Who hated his followers. Into a man who served Jesus as a Savior and Lord. As a man who built up the church. Did everything he could to move people to come to Christ. And the Apostle Paul urged believers, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed, be metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, Paul's focus in life was the transformation of his own life. He wanted to know God better. He wanted to do the will of God more completely. That was Paul's focus in life. Change me, Lord. Change me into, into the character of Jesus. Empower me to do your will more completely. He speaks of this in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. He says, Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on onward toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul wanted his life transformed and he wanted the lives of, of other believers transformed. That, that's what was at the heart of everything about Paul. Paul knew that the only way churches are transformed is when the people in the churches are transformed. You know, Jesus gives us relief from fear and anxiety over the future. He can cleanse us from guilt and shame over the past. He may give us the freedom to say, I believe in God through Jesus Christ, and give us the freedom to share what we believe and why we believe it. 
He can give us the freedom to acknowledge that we need God's help and the help of others. I am not a rock. I am not an island. Neither are you. Nobody is. We need God's help. We need the help of others. Jesus can give us the freedom to give to others so that we are not held hostage to our money or our stuff or our time or our reputation. The water that Jesus changed to wine had gone through the Jewish rites of purification. This was good water. It had to be. The, the rabbis made sure the water was, was good according to their purification rites. I saw on TV not too long ago a soldier who took a little uh, flask and he dipped up water from a mud puddle. This was in a dirt road. He pulled this water up in a flask and he put a pill, like a pill or a tablet, into the water. And then he waited, I'm not sure how long. And after a while, he drank the water. It was still muddy, but he drank it. Because that little pill took care of anything in the water that would have harmed him. You see, the good news is that Jesus can cleanse any heart and mind who turns to him. No matter how dirty the water is, he can cleanse it and transform it. He can help us value ourselves, first of all. The Bible says, love your neighbor as what? You love yourself. He can help us have a healthy sense of value of our own lives. And he can help us, he can make our lives valuable to others. He can help us value the lives of others as he made the water in the jars into something much more satisfying, much richer, even so he can change any person who turns to him for transformation. Now, I don't think Jesus actually talked to the water that he changed into wine. But I do know he can speak to me, and I do know he can speak to you about his transforming power. We've got to listen. We've got to respond by trusting and obeying Him. We need to remember that we never run out of opportunities for Jesus to change us. We may run out of other things in life, but we never run out of the opportunities for Jesus to change our lives. Even those of us who are senior citizens, we may be changed, transformed, as we cooperate with the grace of God. We don't need to be stuck in our ways. We can be different. It's possible to make changes that bring glory to God. His Holy Spirit is ever-present within us to, first of all, cleanse us, and second of all, to empower us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And of course, most of all, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Amen.